This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triple Jump podcast. It's a video game podcast. My name is Ben. My name is Peter. And my name is Ashton. Good morning, everybody. No, it isn't. It's cold. Yeah, it's cold really morning, cold. everybody. Uh, with There is a heater slash air conditioner up here. Oh, oh there it goes. <laughs> oh. He was I was just, just about to say. Just about to say. It's not doing anything, but it just went, oh. <laughs> Has it stopped again now? It's quiet now. Okay. But it is it blowing to... hot air. Okay, excellent news. I took my hoodie off Brilliant. because I wanted to not be to- told off for not wearing a Christmas jumper. Uh-uh. So I put my Christmas jumper on, but now I'm just cold because I haven't got my hoodie on. So. Well, in a few moments, you'll be warm. It is actually yeah. blowing out warm air i can confirm i was just about to say wow what a crap thing that's on the wall there but actually smells a bit funny i think Mm, don't think it's been used in a while does it something does i can't smell it you sure it's not your apple tank your breakfast tank no it smells of hot air okay like dust like yeah yeah Yeah, my radiators smell like that recently Um, so we should be warm soon yeah that's the important thing we hope you're all keeping warm and safe at Mm -hmm. home uh like most people i think none of us wanted to turn on our radiators because it costs so much money Mm -hmm. and also we'd let martin lewis down yeah that's the real tragedy i felt really bad this week with having my heating on yeah. But my boyfriend moved in, and apparently he's always cold. Oh, so he's duh. he's always turning the heating on, and I'm like, I can't feel my nose. Martin mm. Lewis is going to be very sad with me. Yeah. I've never been more happy, and I don't want to brag, to have carpet in my house because I've been <laughs> living in various houses and apartments. You know, most apartments don't have carpets, and uh, the house I lived in was all like the original floorboards and mm. through the whole house, apart from the stairs. So if I still lived in that old house, I'd just be standing on the stairs <laughs> all the time. Hey, hang on, on the stairs. Um, or, I feel like I've gotten very lucky then. I've always had carpet. Oh, have you? I've got carpet yeah, upstairs right. in the house, but downstairs is cold. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So you've got carpet now. Mm. So you also, not to brag. Not to brag. Not to brag. I've got, got furry, furry floors, yeah. so <laughs> I'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, welcome to our video game podcast. This is the penultimate podcast. No. No? Of what? The year? Yeah. No, there's another one, and then there's 199 comes on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah, we're doing one next week, aren't we? I forget, yeah, yeah because next oh, yeah. week we're fin- we- is a full week. It's very confusing. It's the anyway. last day for some people next week, but yeah. We'll it's be the penultimate, old penultimate podcast, too removed from the end. Of- anyway, it doesn't matter. This is a regular video game podcast. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Each and every week, we're sponsored by a very real video game adjacent sponsor. Helps us to keep the lights on here. Still no sign of Dead Island 2. He's in my house. The spider is in Ashton's house, as we've discussed previously. Uh, Peter, I believe yep. you've got the ad read there. I have. Um, it's a brand new 
special version of a well-known popular console that is coming out to celebrate the time of year that this is. Okay. It's seasonal. Right. It's exciting. Some would argue there's already too many uh, versions of this console to keep your head around. By that, I mean two. Uh, but the third one is coming out now. It's the Xbox Series. That's part of Slurries. It's the Xbox Series X slash Mus. The Xbox Series X slash Mus. Xmus. Yeah. So does it? Is it like? Is it red and white or green? Jingle bells. Yeah, all the time. Just when you turn it on, it just loops like that forever. It sort of spits snow out of the back. Not that doesn't front. that doesn't sound good. It just goes into the wall. Yeah, the sockets yeah. and yeah. stuff. Okay, fake Is snow. It, what it only will works think in of the month next? of December. Yeah, Ridiculous. it does. Yeah. Um, if you want it to work in uh, for the rest of the year, you have to like hack it the internal right. clock so that I it bet. thinks it's Christmas Day all the time. So the snow that it spits out is it real snow or is it artificial? Uh, no, snow? I think it's I think it's just. Actual polystyrene balls. It's not got an ecosystem okay. inside of it. It's not going to be real. Well, snow, I don't know. This could did, be. Just they've, they've video got games a lot of money magic. over there yeah. at Microsoft. I don't know. They could just buy weather. Yeah. Just buy weather. Just, just acquire weather. You know, yes. like, like Nikola Tesla. Well, they've already did. got Blizzard, yeah. which I guess technically is snow. Well, exactly. True. So, so it's not quite so silly, is it? No. Really, no. when you think you know about what? it. Fair point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's real. Yeah. And it's real. It's when's not, it out? It's not. What? Oh, oh. When's it out? It's not out because it's not real. Damn it. Jingle balls. Oh. I really thought yeah. that was a real one there. What um, a jingle bell end. Jingle eh? bollocks. <laughs> bollocks. Uh, no, we're not sponsored by the Xbox Series Xmas. We are sponsored by our very real patrons over at patreon.com. If you go there and you give as little as $1 per month, you get access to the question post for this podcast. You can submit questions and get your name right out. It's amazing. There's loads of other tiers as well. I would really appreciate your support thank you to all of our patrons who've supported us this year it's basically 25 cents per episode really mm. it's a bargain ish sort of mm. yeah absolute bargain uh thank you to all of our patrons uh this is time for question one yeah all right um thank you to juliet cosmic roach in parentheses for this question hi abap i was playing mass effect this week yet again it says that's not me making a snipe yet again. <laughs> oh, classic juliet play something else juliet and got to thinking about an in-universe game set around shore leave where your character takes vacations on all of the various planets no war no drama it got me thinking are there any game worlds you would like to see explored in a different genre genre uh, for example, would you want to see a dating sim set in Skyrim? Or maybe a high-stakes alien invasion come to your uh, Animal Crossing island? Or perhaps a dark picture style game where you're running a restaurant instead of running for your lives? <laughs> Thank you for all, your, all you do. Much love from America, Juliet. From Thanks, America. Juliet. Thank you, Juliet. Thank you. Uh, I would like to... I think this, this sort of exists in fiction, probably more in sort of like novels and stuff rather than i don't think there's a video game of this there might be but i would like to see um a fantasy world fairly maybe skyrim or something like that it doesn't really matter but something with like goblins in it mm. um but you play as the goblins and all you do you're just like kitting out your dungeon um okay in a nice way you're just decorating it um you're maybe you can like be be 
getting outfits and stuff. It's like Project Makeover. Yeah. But you're a, a goblin instead of a hero. So you're not trying to hurt people invading your dungeon. You no, just want to make it look like, nice. Yeah, it's not even like a, a sort of a tower defense or a strategy game where you build the traps and then the hero attacks. It's just, no, no, this is my smelly cave. <laughs> and I'm going to... You do things to like earn coins or whatever, you know, leaves, whatever they Leaf use as currency. Sticks. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you can like craft and stuff and then build, you know, skulls on the wall and spikes mm. in the floor. And so like the Sims build mode. Yeah. But for dungeons. Mm -hmm. That's nice. That's what I'd like to do. That sounds nice. You know, let's just see it from their perspective for once. Come on. Yeah. Come on. No wonder they're so annoyed that we're always invading their like strongholds. They work so hard. Yeah. No wonder they're always going nihi ha 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 yeah. and trying <laughs> to kill us all. <laughs> they're always, they always be like that. Yeah. Just because they really like what they've done with the place and they don't want you to mess it up. Nihi ha 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 is goblin for welcome to my wonderful yeah. cave. Not only do you mess it up, but you come in and you don't even you don't even take a look around and appreciate it before no. you mess it up. At least no. if you if you're gonna mess it up, at least walk in and go, Oh wow. I like the what you've done with this I'm gonna feel really bad about getting your blood all over this lovely upholstery. Yeah. yeah. Especially if they've got a new outfit on and they're mm. looking pretty pretty cute. Yeah. I'm gonna get is that a new outfit? Is that oh, your hat? I like your I've hat. I've never seen those really... gloves Where'd before. That from? That's oh, good. That's so nice. And then it goes, stop, big pop up. You need to wait 24 hours before you can do, you get more goblin bucks. Yeah, like gob, gob bucks. Gob, yeah, gob, gob bucks. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I want to play. So someone make it, all right? Yeah, hurry up. Ashton, what would you like to see? So predictably, the only world that I want to continue exploring it's Horizon. It's Saints Row. It's Saints Row. <laughs> um, specifically, Horizon Forbidden West, because I would like a farming sim um, structured around the... Oh, I should have Googled what the tribe name is. Um, the, like, farming tribe that's in uh, Forbidden West. I know who you mean. That use the... The Wurzels. The Wurzels. <laughs> I want to say it's, like, the I'll Utaku or something, but the, I can't the remember. The Utaku. Yeah. Out. Um, and they've got like machines that help plow the land for them. Mm -hmm. And then there's like all the things that they farm because they're like completely living off the land gang. And I just think that they would be a nice like farming sim. Utaru. Utaru, thank you. Um, you play as one of them and you just like go out, tend the crops, uh, come home to your family. Worship your big worship elephant, your moose, yeah. moose creatures. What are they? Triceratopses. Yeah, they are, aren't they? Yeah. yeah that's what they look like. Sing a song because they always sing songs. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that would be nice. Yeah. Just hang out sound in the nice. world, farming some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You guys have gone for some pretty chill options. Yeah. I've not. Oh, oh gosh. Uh, this is sort of spun off from a conversation we've already had that will go out in a couple of weeks. For We're, we're doing a, a podcast that goes out the week that none of us are in across the, the, mm. the holiday. Um, that is sort of a Q&A, a quick fire Q&A from questions from our patrons. And we got to talking about genres and things like that. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I'm going to sort of repeat myself a little bit, but what I would like is a mashup. Preemptively repeat yourself. Preemptively mm -hmm. repeat myself is a mashup between a survival horror game uh, set in the everybody's gone to the rapture universe. Mm -hmm. So a walking sim 
where it's highly atmospheric anyway and you feel like there's someone watching but there isn't usually in walking simulators uh, but actually there is and it's going to mess with you and it's going to really freak you out and spook you up and there's no combat you can't die it's just a thoroughly uncomfortable frightening experience and from start to finish charming english village absolutely with the cast of the archers absolutely and maybe it's a slow burn maybe there's some strange things going on and you're picking up clues and working out what's happening but then as the sun begins to set and it becomes nighttime. Mm. It becomes fright time as well. And it's a bit spooky and weird. Mm. That's what I'd like. I also would not like to play it because it will scare me. Yeah. But I like the idea of it very much. For someone else to play. Yes, exactly. Peter play can on play stream it together. And I will watch yeah. him yeah. by sort of very bravely just reading the chat and not looking at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I would play that. I'll read the chat that. and any uh, logs of text you find, but mm. I will not play the game. I shan't play the game. No, because then I'm complicit and the monsters will follow me home and mm. scare me at yep. night. Yeah, and I'm yep. I'm too clever for that. You're too not going to get because me because you're a British boy who yes. sounds like he's from the Archers. Apparently, yeah. um, that's me. Yeah, that's you. So they they're your prime target. You are their prime target. Exactly. They'll they'll hear me and go, God, got to haunt that guy. <laughs> <laughs> let's mess up his whole day. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to a section we've never done before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which one of you would you like? Was last? It's called. What we play in. Mm. It's what we play in time. Time to talk about the games, what we have been playing. Peter, what we have you been playing? What we, <laughs> what we have I been playing? The Nintendo Wii. Ah, oh, excellent. What nice. I've been good. playing. Good, I had a great good. time with it, um, with my grandma. Oh, uh, lovely. No, not true. Uh, I've been playing, um, I think it's safe to say this, almost certainly, uh, me and uh, Amy have, Amy wanted to get a present for her younger brother for Christmas. Mm -hmm. that, that sounds like a revelation. She wanted to get a present oh for her younger brother. No. Th is this the younger brother? Does this younger brother deserve a present? Well, yeah. I don't know. Have they been a good boy? What I mean to say is she wanted to get an extra present. She'd got him some presents and she was like, I think he'd maybe like a game, but I don't really know what to get. Right. So uh, I've been showing Amy a couple of games that I think might be appropriate for her younger brother. Mm. So we played a bit of Sackboy. Lovely. Um, which was a lot of fun. Amy was completely... She doesn't like Sackboy as a character. Really? She finds him a bit scary looking. Oh, but he's design. so lovely. I he can get so that. Lovely. He's got soulless eyes. He has got soulless oh, eyes. Yeah, they're buttons. But he's lovely. Yeah, but we had good fun with that. Uh, and we played some Gang Beasts as well. I thought that might be one mm -hmm. for him. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I want to play which I've never actually played before anyway, but also I want to play it just to see if it's something that we should maybe get for him, is um, Body Fall Flat. Are you aware of that one? Body Fall Flat? I think it's called... Or human. It human, human Fall, human fall Flat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, I mean, is this a spin-off? I, like, I recognize the end part. Yeah, yeah Human, human fall, fall, flat. fall Flat. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Human Fall Flat sounds way better than Body Fall body Flat, fall. doesn't it? Um, <laughs> I was like... I, I didn't say, I know human... Like, Human Fall Flat Human is a very popular flat. game. You said it, and I couldn't think of the real name for a good few seconds. Though. Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought it was like a spin-off. Until it I came out of my mouth, of. and it turned out that I hadn't thought of it correctly. <laughs> Human Fall Flat. Yeah. I knew it was something Fall Flat. Um, but the, the reason Body came to mind, for those who don't know, is that it's a a very physics-y game, isn't yes. it? And you have to like do puzzles together, and there's co-op available in it. So I'm going to give that a go. Um, it's a lot like Body Beasts. Yes, it is. Yeah. And uh, Body Boy's that. Big Adventure. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, just been doing a bit of research, really, the two of us, trying to decide what to get. I think probably um, we're going to get him. I think we settled on Sackboy. Yeah. Yeah. That's one you can actually buy on disc. Yeah. Well, and the, that's the, the other, other ones thing. might be on disc. I think sure. 
one of the other two or maybe both of the other two are available because that was the other okay. thing. It would be nice to be able to wrap it up. But um, yeah. So uh, that was nice. And actually, because didn't you play a bit of Sackboy recently? Yes, yeah. I'm playing it at the moment. That's mm. partly how it came to mind when I was oh. thinking of like, what should we get him? And wow, it's it's fun, isn't it? It's so lovely. I've missed it, really. The musical levels are great. Yeah. Just the music in general in that game is really good. I yeah. Uh, I might need to put it on my to playlist. Yeah, it's lovely. It I, think I, pl- I think I've played it before. You and Ben would have a great time. Yeah, you I think so, but we time. haven't played it for like a good while, but mm. I don't think we ever finished the story of it. So. Uh, well, the story, is, uh, yeah. it's not. You, well, don't, you don't go to Sackboy for story. No. no. Well, because a little bit of me was then thinking like, oh, fun, charming co-op games. I was like, hey, what about It Takes Two? I don't think we oh. should maybe give that. Yeah, a, a lot of people thought that was a kid's game. We had we had some of our listeners and viewers write in about, oh, I'm playing this with my, yeah. with my, uh, my daughter. Yeah, and it's like, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know about that. Skip, uh, maybe skip one bit. Yeah, uh, it looks, uh, I mean, it, they're, they're, I just don't think it's appropriate for kids, full no. stop. But I mean, uh, he, he's not that young, but he, yeah. he prefers that sort of game. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, what about Lego game. Star Wars? Lego Star Wars. Such a good game. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. What about um, Saints Row? Yeah. Saints Row. Really good. Saints All Row. these options. Mm. Yeah. Elden Ring. Elden Ring. I think he enjoyed Lego Harry Potter at the time. So, mm. uh, but that was uh, that was on Plus. So he might have that now. Mm. Right. Um, but so yeah, that's it. Bit of bit of research, Christmas nice. research happening. But we had a good time doing it. So lovely. Yeah, and we're probably going to finish um, finish Sackboy now. I think maybe just because. Amazing. Yeah. It's great fun. I played two things this week. Yeah, go on. Uh, short amounts for both of them due to situations. Um, I have played some High on Life about an hour and a half. Oh, yeah. Um, and I hmm, I like the mechanics of the game. I okay. like the way it looks. But I just feel like I'm going to get tired of the humor of that game. Mm-hmm. I liked Rick and Morty before anyone comes to my throat. Mm. I liked Rick and Morty. I haven't watched the last two seasons of it just me because either. I've got other things going on. And I don't I haven't got time to watch my man burp at me for half an hour every week. Um, 20 minutes. 20 minutes every week. Still too long. So I was like hey maybe I'll like this but there's just so much that's just like not needed like I get the humor of it but some of it's like do we did we need that like could we not have just skipped past this like it seems like a lot to just sit down and play I think that the game itself was only maybe like four five well I don't know I've heard different things that's only like four hours long but also that it's like 15 hours long so I I don't know what to believe Mm, okay um but I do think that Unlike Rick and Morty, where you get it in like short bursts of like 20 minutes, this game will go on for hours and you will have to just kind of suck it up and deal with it. But there's just like characters I'm like, I just like, why are you here? I get you're supposed to be like funny, but it's just not funny. And I don't know if I'm broken. And by that, I mean, I don't think I'm broken at all. I just think (laughs) my sense of humor is different. It's the children who are wrong. I just, man, I don't know. And like, I know that obviously Rick and Morty is famous for like, you know, having swear words in it. And there's, you know, flips Mm -hmm. and ships all over the place. Whoa. Bloody hell. Um, but in this game, it's just like characters just constantly swearing. There's like a HUD character that's like in your HUD talking to you about like where to go. 
And even the little like inbuilt AI in the suit swears at me. And I like swear words. I say them all the time. But I'm like, hey, hey guys, calm, calm down now. Chips. Calm, please. That's the name of that casino in Rick and Morty, isn't it? Flips and chips. Flips and chips. Flips and yeah, chips. absolutely. Yeah. That's it. Um, but the mechanics of it so far, I've enjoyed. And I'm going to keep playing it when I can access my PC again. Because right now it's in the quarantine room. Um, <laughs> the COVID room. The COVID room. Um, and yeah, I'll give it another go. But I do definitely feel like I might not finish it because of the the comedy and the humor in it i just mm. think it's a bit it's a bit much you have to there's like a setting to just like turn off extra dialogue mm. a slash turn it down because obviously they were like this is too much we've the things talk all the time mm. on like however they've however they wanted it to be things talk almost constantly so yeah i'm intrigued about how what's gonna happen but i don't know if i'll finish the game mm. so maybe it'll grow on me about uh, seven and a half hours, seven apparently. Seven and a half hours, yes. uh, According to how long to beat. And also, I've played some more Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, mainly because it was installed on my PlayStation and didn't know what else to play because I wanted to play Saints Row. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but um, I can't because both PlayStations are currently downstairs and my boyfriend is quarantined in the oh, upstairs no. bedroom. Mm. So... Oh. <sighs> But Call of Duty is fine. Yeah, you shot some boys. Shot some boys. Great stuff. Shooting I, girls. Maybe. Maybe. I don't discriminate in war. No, I know. You know. <laughs> All's fair. War crimes war. for yeah. everyone. Exactly. Exactly. So that's what I played this week. Excellent. Great. Um, I played a few things. I'm going to start by talking about the demos that were made available as part of the mm. Game Awards last week. Mm. I played a demo for Forspoken, Bramble the Mountain King, and Season. Uh, firstly, Forspoken, uh, I wasn't a big fan of it. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, it doesn't, I, I, it may have just been the demo. It was like 30 gigabytes, but it doesn't run very well. Apparently, it doesn't control very well. Like, like the combat, some people, is a bit I divisive. Was, I, I, did, I found it quite overwhelming, to be honest. I know that the intention is they drop you in just an area of the map when you've got some stuff unlocked. Mm. But it just, it did a lot of explaining and then I found that I went into the skill tree and I was like, what am I looking at? This insane spider web of like really hard to read font. Good. Wasn't a fan of that. Uh, the combat was not that amazing. I don't know. I've I've seen some people say that they really liked it. But yeah, I, I have as well. But... I, yeah. I, I didn't really enjoy it and the little bracelet thing was like bantering back and forth with your character and again, I know they can't be talking about like story pertinent stuff at that time because it wouldn't make any sense but they end up just bickering back and forth. There was a lot of repeated dialogue. Kieran really hated the cuff. He yeah, apparently really you can turn him. it off. Yeah, yeah. You, can turn the, you can turn the frequency that the cuff talks to you off. It was all just, I don't know, it just felt a bit weird. I feel like uh, uh, we're not going to get many demos because I don't feel like this Forspoken one has gone the way that anyone no. was hoping it would go. I feel like all the pre-release reaction to Forspoken has been largely negative. Like I yeah. feel like they're, they're really... Feel like meme on it a lot. The yeah. final game is probably going to be at least pretty good. Yeah. And I just feel like they're doing themselves a disservice. Well, that's why I didn't mm. play the Forspoken demo because I was tempted and then before I got around to playing it, I'd seen that there was this sort of, you know, it was a bit divisive. And I thought, I'm either going to enjoy this game or I'm not. I'm probably going to play it anyway. So I might just not play this demo that like might just make me feel like, oh, that's going to be a bit rubbish. Like I, I know I'm just going to, I'm going to get it and give it a go. So 
I may as well just do that. Is so. it over now, the demos? I don't know. Ah. I don't know if it's still if it's still there or not. But uh, yeah, you can give that a go if it's still there. I played Season, which is the really gorgeous art style one where you're... We've seen it a couple of times at uh, Jeff Keighley's Big Game Jamborees mm-hmm. of various flavors. Um, I'm not sure really how to describe it so that people might remember. You play as a, a woman with sort of big circular glasses and you're walking around in nature they've got a bike yeah yeah, and they're like recording things with an audio recorder and taking photos and stuff and it's basically kind of that again the game drops you in it says like you're you're being dropped in when you first got access to all your equipment it's really pretty it's extremely minimalist and it's not going to be for everyone but there's a bit at the end of that you you basically you've got this scrapbook that you're filling in as you go and you can sort of decorate it how you want Mm -hmm. with stickers and things and there are bits in this this sort of township that you go to, which apparently you're from, uh, where you take photos of very like there's vague descriptions or shapes of or it's kind of hinting at what you should be taking photos of. And then you take photos of them, go into your scrapbook, and they like slap in, and you unlock some more customization options, like little flourishes right. for your for your book. You get a little audio recorder you can hold up and record sounds and stuff. And there are ones that you're meant to record. And then at the end, you get on your bike. You go down this hill and then the camera like pulls all the way out mm. and it's really pretty as you go across this bridge and you can still control yourself. So I was like smashing <laughs> into the wall and just like veering all over the place. But it like said season in the in the background on the horizon. It was really pretty. That's yeah. um it's gonna be one to one to watch, I think. Mm-hmm. But the one I enjoyed the most was Bramble the Mountain King, which I did actually message you about because you need to play it. It's basically Little Nightmares. This is the one with right. the like Lady in the Lake that we've seen. Yes, this is oh, sort yeah, of like Nordic fairy tales. Yes. Very, I, I got sort of Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, and yeah. Um, and yeah, Little Nightmares vibes because it's pretty. Uh, the, the art style's kind of uncanny, sort of claymationy, marionette-y kind of. I'm not really sure how to describe it, but mm-hmm. it's not like they're not going for cutesy visuals. It kind of looks a bit scary. Like the way they've designed the little boy that you play as, who's sort of very, very small and making his way through this level. There's lots of darkness that you're jumping through these caves on almost sort of blind platforming. Mm. Um, and then there's, yeah, there's there's a guy in the lake who's screaming at you and you've got to try and dodge between his sort of sound waves that are coming for you. It, I was really impressed by it. And uh, if you can still play the demo, I would recommend it. But I think you in particular would really like it. Mm. Uh, well, so. I'll probably play the game, so... Again, I'm I'm a bit like that with demos. I'm like, if I know I'm going to play it anyway, then I tend to not want the uh, the sort of sneaky peeks. Um, sneaky peeks. Well, it's only 14 minutes long if people want to give okay, it a go. It's nice, it a nice and short demo to see see what's going on there. Uh, I also played a little bit more God of War. Um, I've just basically spent time mopping some stuff up, but I've now encountered a bug where it says that I have 47 out of 48 of the ravens, but when I go through each map, it says I have all the ravens. Oh dear. So there is one raven that it is marked as having been captured, but hasn't, and I am not about to go through 48 raven locations to find the one I haven't got. Fortunately, there's no trophy attached to the ravens, I but I'm annoyed by that. that I had that same thing but i don't know if it's a bug i think that there is an extra raven that i like couldn't find in the thing well i googled that Mm. extensively in a lot of reddit posts and all that i could find were guides like just general guides about here's where the ravens are and the reddit posts i found were people genuinely saying it says i've got all the ravens but i actually don't have all the ravens i Mm. don't know where it is and people apparently reloaded and then 
uh, it said like on one of the maps that they were missing one of the ravens. They were able to find it. Some people saying, oh, go to this person's, go to this location. And that's where I found it. And someone said, oh, yeah, it was there for me as well. I went there. It wasn't there. Uh. Uh, so I think I'm just kind of buggered on that front. But eh, whatever. <laughs> whatever uh, a bit more Sackboy, and uh then i've also played uh final fantasy 7 crisis crisis core final fantasy 7 final fantasy 7 crisis core reunion whichever way around it is uh which we will talk about in the review corner right now oh right ben welcome to review corner oh isn't this exciting it's yeah, my I first one i feel like i'm in every bloody review corner yeah, at the moment this is pretty much my space all the codes and you don't anyone else have a go all mine thank you very much uh thank you also to square enix who provided the code for crisis core final fantasy 7 reunion Mm -hmm. which is what i'll be telling you about today yeah i think it was just called crisis core final fantasy 7 to begin with and now it's reunion yes this is a remaster yes i want to be very clear about that Mm -hmm. Uh, not a remake so this was originally a psp game yes and i have no idea why i didn't play it at the time i think maybe i just heard some kind of mixed things about it and then Mm. didn't play it but i had a psp final fantasy 7 is my favorite game of all time Mm -hmm. why didn't i play the prequel it does why didn't i do that that's a bit of a general consensus of like really like final fantasy 7 didn't play crisis core because the people who i've spoken to who really are a fan of final fantasy 7 are like yeah i never i never played i feel like there's a there's maybe some kind of venn diagram between people who really enjoy final fantasy 7 and people who consumed literally any of the spin-off content whether that be movies mm. or you know the the additional games there's a there's a there's a game about um vincent valentine right as well on ps2 D- dirge of cerberus maybe is what it's called can't remember off the top of my Sounds head about right. but i haven't played any of these because fun the story of final fantasy 7 isn't the most straightforward in the world mm-hmm. and then they really go they really go wacky, crazy time with all the spin-off <laughs> stuff. But anyway, Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion is yeah. a remaster of a PSP game. Um, and and it's the prequel to Final Fantasy it is, VII. It is a prequel. You play as uh, Zack, mm-hmm. who is a member of Soldier, which obviously Cloud is a member of Soldier as well in yeah. the main game. And if you know who Zack is from Final Fantasy VII proper, then... I don't need to explain that, but mm-hmm. I won't explain it because it's kind of spoilery anyway. Yeah. So you play as Zack. Uh, he rubs shoulders with the likes of Sephiroth, who's also at Soldier at mm-hmm. the time. Uh, and you're attempting to hunt down a rogue member of Soldier called Genesis. Zack then naturally uncovers some rather shady dealings about his employer, Shinra, mm-hmm. uh, as you go through. And the game wraps up just before the events of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So that's the timeline it sits in. Uh, in terms of the the gameplay itself, it's sort of... I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it, almost like a hack and slash in a way. The combat is real time, much like the the full Final Fantasy VII remake is, uh, but there's various tweaks and twists on it you can block you can uh roll out of the way uh you can do sort of a standard attack by mashing the square button if you hold a shoulder button and press a, a face button you do magic or you use the material that's equipped right, yeah. to those buttons um you can also use a similar combination of buttons to use items mm-hmm. uh, that you have in like a hot bar uh you're much like final fantasy 7 proper your material levels up as you use it and you finish battles but the real twist the real strange thing about the game that is still in here which you know it it is a remaster so of course it is but it it raised eyebrows at the time and it still kind of does is a thing called dmw or digital mind wave which is a constantly spinning 
sort of slot machine that's in the top left-hand corner during combat. Right. And it will spit out, depending on the random stuff that it that lines up with, mm. uh, it will spit out rewards from temporarily, uh, there will be no MP cost for magic, right. to invulnerability, to limit breaks, to summons, being able to use any summons you've got. Oh, okay. Depending on the story situation you're in, the likelihood of certain... Uh, like limit breaks and various other aspects will be heightened so the likelihood of you getting them mm-hmm. weirdly leveling up is also tied to the roulette wheel oh. so you don't or not roulette wheel the slots so yeah. you don't apparently there's some i had a look online because i wasn't I, it didn't really explain it very well but if it hits 777 you level up oh uh and Fun. seemingly there's some sort of secret quiet counter of xp gained from battle and if it hits 777 and you've met the requirements you level up but it's kind of strange it's a weird approach so it won't just do 777 if you get enough xp it will randomly do it even though you've got enough xp to level up or does it i don't know right because it's seemingly random it's it's really bizarre i don't dislike it yeah but it it, and it it does sort of make you change your tactics on the fly so if it comes up and says oh there's no ap cost at the moment then you want to spam moves that cost ap so Mm -hmm. you can just you know there's there's no there's no drawback yeah it's 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 the perfect time to use them uh so i don't as i said i don't dislike it it is really weird but for the most part i do quite enjoy the combat you know Mm -hmm. you've got you know you lock onto enemies you can roll out the way of attacks it's not turn-based so in that sense it's quite in line with the with the remake yeah it is essentially for each of the maps that you're in it's kind of basically a long winding corridor right and you will see the big enemy of that area physically like they'll be stood there but it will still be random encounters. Right. And you can kind of tell where the random encounters are coming up. And I found that if you just hug the wall, <laughs> you tend not to trigger them. Cool. Which is sort of a cheeky workaround. Yeah. Uh, but there we are. I haven't got too far into the, the game. The pacifist run is just hug the wall. Just ignore everything cool. but the ones you have to kill. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of being in line with the with the remake, yeah. it's certainly having not played the original, the menus and the sound effects for using the menus and a lot of the UI seems like it's really been overhauled and brought in line with the remake so mm-hmm. visually it's very similar and the the like graphics and stuff are similar to the remake aren't they well the graphics are they were on you know it was a psp game yeah i think it looks fantastic they've done a really good job it doesn't look any anywhere near as good as the the remake does right. you can tell it was a psp game at some time like some of the animations are a bit clunky mm-hmm. uh the dialogue's a bit wonky in places and the voice acting's a bit naff zach in particular is kind a... of annoying but i think he's meant to be because yeah. he's very headstrong i think it's it's all new voice acting okay well in which case it's fine <laughs> i think uh it's it's Good. just the dialogue maybe is a bit stilted the material that they've got right. to work with uh but for what was a PSP game, I think the game looks fantastic. It, it really looks very good. Uh, as I said, some of the cutscenes are a bit strange, uh, but largely looks really, really nice. Cool. You can do side missions as well. Yeah. They just sort of, whenever you access a save point, uh, you can press a button and view different side missions. And they're usually like, they plop you in an environment mm. and say, go kill this thing. And that's basically what it is but they have different difficulties and you get rewards for those you can do those on the side so i I spent a lot of last night just 
spamming my way through those and getting loads of rewards so that when I then went back to the the main story, I was massively overpowered. Nice. It was great. Really enjoyed Do that. Do you have like, is there like a party mechanic or is it just Zack? It's just Zack. It's cool. just Zack. So far, at least it's just Zack. So you control Zack in, in that environment. Um, and you're sort of based... So far, at least, in the Shinra building itself, mm-hmm. uh, especially on the soldier floor within yeah. which there's a materia room where you can create materia if you bring them certain uh, materials. Uh, there's a training room, a briefing mm-hmm. room. And then also in the Shinra building, you can go to the lobby and the exhibition room, which I think you do visit in the remake and the original game as well. It's the floor that has the the car and the motorbike that they end up using. So you can go in there and have a little look around. And you can actually go out onto the streets of Sector 8 as well and talk to a couple of people and there's a couple of quests that get triggered from there. So there is some light exploration too. Mm. I honestly, as I said at the start of this, do not know why I didn't play it when it came out. (laughs) And quite frankly, it may well be because it didn't play as well as it does now with the benefit of having two analog sticks for example yeah uh i'm kind of impressed by this it's not going to be for everyone Good. if you played the remake and you're itching for more final fantasy it's been made pretty clear by square enix that they intend for this it already was canon obviously but they intend for this to certainly influence or impact yeah. part two of the well, remake Zach was in the first part of yeah the he remake. was we've seen a, a brief shot of him doing something we have and he's really important to the full final fantasy 7 game yeah. as well uh but certainly by positioning the game as they have in terms of releasing it now and adding the subtitle reunion mm. it seems it's not necessarily a must play but if you were debating whether or not to play it before playing part two it might fill in a lot of the blanks right okay um or they might lean more heavily on it yeah then because obviously this uh the psp version came out way after the the original ps1 mm-hmm. game uh whereas now they've got the benefit of potentially drawing stuff from that game into the remake part two so i would recommend that you give it a go if you're a final fantasy 7 fan and you're looking forward to part two it is very different though just bear that in mind cool wow thanks ben you're very welcome and thanks square enix telling us the code yes thank you very much should we pass it back over to you yes i think hey me what's what's question two please Well, question two comes from Steve. Just Steve. Hey, it's just Steve. Cool name. Uh Hello, you Christmas presents of joy. With God of War Ragnarok being called a 1.5, yeah, rather than God of War 2, and Spider-Man doing similar with Mars Morales, do you think we'll start to see more of what what would be an old school expansion pack? Also, do you prefer getting a 1.5 in a world you already know, or would you prefer a whole new game in a 2? Hope the big beardy fellow brings you everything you want. Stay safe. Love you. Bye. Steve. Thank Thanks, you, Thanks, Steve. Steve. Firstly, I've not heard the narrative about Ragnarok being called no, 1.5, I've not. but no. that's insane. It's not. It's like <laughs> it's, 50 hours It's game. a real big sequel. It's not a 1.5. Well, that was going to be my answer. Like, so in terms of size and scale, it's clearly not a 1.5. No. It's a 2. I don't know if Steve is, you know, if semantically we're talking about the fact that whether a 1.5 is something set in the same world and a 2 would be something set in a new world. Mm. I mean, yeah, Miles Morales was set in the same world. It was set in the New York, uh, you know, set in Manhattan. But really, the reason that was called a 1.5 was because of its size and scale. Yeah, it's runtime, I would say. And it's runtime, yeah. Um, So that was a bit 
like an expansion pack in, in a sense. It was probably somewhere between the two. I wouldn't say, I think it was too big to call it an expansion pack, maybe. Um, but God of War as, a, as an expansion pack, I don't think is fair to say. Um, so, I mean, to answer the question, would I prefer getting uh, a 1.5 in a world I already know or a whole new game in a two? It's probably a case-by-case thing. If it's a game that I really enjoy and that I've played a lot and that I, I kind of have a hankering to go back to, but it's like, well, I'll, I'll just be playing the same game I've just played, then it's always nice to have some kind of expansion pack or something like that. Um, so, I mean, just yeah, Crash Bandicoot 4, for example, is a game I've replayed a couple of times already. And if there was some sort of expansion release for that, I'd be like, hey, that's great. Uh, but on the other hand... Uh, it's always nice to have a sequel to a game that you really like. And uh, so it's very much a case by case. And sometimes it's like you'd be happy with either. And it's it's difficult to choose. To use the Crash Bandicoot example, if there was an expansion pack for Crash 4, I'd be like, yeah, I'll play that. But if they said, hey, here's Crash Bandicoot 5, it's coming out soon, I'd be over the moon. So I don't know. Um, hope the big beardy fella brings you everything you want. Well, we'll see, won't we? Whether we deserve it. <laughs> <laughs> And in conclusion, and in conclusion, I've been very bad. Whether we so. get our sequels been incredibly or our expansion deep. packs. Ashton? Um, I am a big fan of a DLC that functions as an expansion pack of sorts. I like when games give me DLC that adds more to the story, gives me more of world to explore if there's like a new area or it's back where I've been before. Um, I really like that in games and I think that that is great. Um, in terms of what I want from a sequel, I kind of don't really mind if it's in the same world. Mm. Like, I know that some people were a bit funny about it. I think Miles Morales maybe is an outlier here, given that it was literally exactly the same city just at Christmas. Um, but there's only so many places you can put Spider-Man and it work. Um, but I do think that... God of War is definitely not a 1.5, it's a 2. And although we explore very similar areas, it's all very different, which I think is good. And on the other hand, um, Horizon Forbidden West was in a completely different map that we'd never been to before, which, again, worked really well. So I do think that there is like this argument that it has to be completely new in terms of what a sequel is. But also, if you wanted a completely new area, maybe just play a different game. Because if you want a new world and a whole new experience, that doesn't tend to be a sequel. That tends to be like a spin-off more so. Um, but I do think that, hey, an expansion pack is great. Give me DLCs. I love them. Give me more game to play of games I love. But also, I, like Peter, wouldn't be upset if it's just a sequel that's coming. Um, I already want another Horizon game. And it's only just come out. And I'm getting a DLC, which will tide me over for about a week. Um, so I do think that there's a lot of expansion pack-like stuff coming out. And I do think it's great. But also, um, I'm fine with a sequel that's set in the same world and explores the same themes slash story as the first one. Because that's what a sequel is supposed to do. That's the thing. It kind of speaks to where the value seems to be being placed on some games that are being developed now, where like... Oh, a good game is a game that has a huge world to explore. Therefore, in a sequel, you wouldn't want to do that same world again. So mm -hmm. we'll make a new world kind of thing. But on the other hand, some people would say, well, a good sequel is one that's got just a compelling story and that, that exists for a reason. And in a way, it's irrelevant whether that's set in the, the same world or not. So 
depending on what you think makes a good sequel, if you think, or what, what makes a good game, I should say, if you think that a good game is one where you're exploring a world and, and ticking off map markers, that's fine if that's what you're into. But it kind of stands to reason that, therefore, a sequel to that game would probably have to be a different world in order to make that gameplay worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if you're in it more for perhaps story and characters and just lore, then you could get away with a game such as a Spider-Man, for example, uh, being set in New York again, yeah. but having a compelling reason to be back there. Yeah, so. mm. exactly. And Mars Morales was like different enough in the mechanics that it offered you where it did feel like a new game. Mm. You could definitely say that, oh, it's just an expansion on the first one. I can completely see that, and especially with the length of that game. But also, it was a pretty good game. So yeah. if you want to class it as a 1.5, which I guess you kind of could do, given that the new Spider-Man coming out is called Spider-Man 2, that we know of so far, I guess maybe it is a 1.5 because it's not technically a sequel to the first game, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's a follow-on. The, that's the thing, right? I think um, I think Sony tend to do it a lot more or have done it a lot more than a lot of other publishers. You've got, obviously, Mars Morales. Uh, there was the Uncharted Lost Legacy yeah. as well, which was, you know, both of them are full games. They're full experiences, but they're just not as meaty as their numbered counterparts, should we say. Mm. And personally, I love that. I think that's a really good system to have because obviously games are very complicated. They take a long time to make. Uh, But certainly, if we're assuming that work on Miles Morales started when work on the first Spider-Man was wrapping up, it took them about two years Mm. to make Miles Morales. And Insomniac in particular, I think, are very good at it. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. I don't know how long they were working on that, obviously, but that didn't. That wasn't a huge game that took forever to finish as well, and it yeah. felt like those came out in relatively quick succession as well. Uh, those that studio just keeps bumping out games that I think are of a really good value in terms of the amount of time you will get out yeah. of it mm-hmm. versus respecting your time in terms of not going on forever and ever. And so, how long it takes them to develop them in the first place. Well, exactly, yeah. If we can get a Miles Morales every two years, which I know is not realistic because, as you say, it's set in the same city. It uses a lot of the same mechanics. They were in a fortunate position to be able to pick up a lot of work that had already been done and run with it. Uh, if we could get a game like that every couple of years as opposed to every five, six years, seven years maybe for a proper sequel, then I would go for that every time. No questions asked. Uh, but to answer Steve's question, I would still prefer a proper sequel over a 1.5, but I think that there's a lot of space for a 1.5 as and when. In terms of expansions and DLC, though, a a lot of um, uh, DLC and expansions these days, the problem I have with them is that they release so long after the game has come out Mm. that I've either uninstalled it, I've forgotten how to play, or I'm just not that interested in coming back to it anymore. Uh, And that's just just the, the, what am I trying to say? The realistic situation Mm -hmm. that we find ourselves in regarding the length of time it takes to make these things now you know they can't they'd get crucified if it was ready three months after launch because people would say why wasn't it in the full game yeah. Yeah. Um, but equally these things take a lot of time to, to make and they're getting more and more complicated so i would prefer in in a very black and white with no gray definitions of what 1.5 means situation i'd prefer twos but i would take a 1.5 any day of the week 
And uh, if I could get a 1.5 every two years, I would switch to that method of production completely. Again, with no nuance at all to the conversation. That's what I would. Uh, that's what I would prefer personally. Mm. That's fair. It's time for something a bit strange. It is called weird news. Weird news. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's weird news time. Time for some weird video game news. If you want to submit some weird news, follow us on relevant social media platforms, that being Facebook and Twitter, and look out for a post that goes out towards the start of the week. Post your weird news under that, and you may get a shout out here, and we'll weird your read news. However, if you want to guarantee yourself a shout out here, you need to go to patreon.com forward slash team triple jump supporters at a certain tier, and you will definitely get a shout out because you're a podcast producer, friend. Yeah. Just like... Nathan. And G.Y. Goliath. And Nexus Polaris. And Walco. And Nicole Hansen. And Ellie Nicholas. And Erica Hutchinson. And Melody Albonet. And Katie Garrett. And Gabrielle Philippink. <gasps> thank, thank you, podcast, you, podcast producers. producers. Thank, thank you, pod, thank you, podcast producers. Uh, what's your weird news, Peter? What have you got? I've got a weird news that was sent in by multiple people. I've had it DM'd to me. I think it was posted more than once on the threads. Mm-hmm. Um, I have brought along the the link specifically sent by specifically specifically sorry sent by rb at r underscore b 84 but thanks to everyone who rules sent us this story rules <gasps> boss. Rules boss. he was born in 1984 <laughs> uh this is from kotaku written by zach zvison or zvison final fantasy remake has a painting with a getty watermark square enix's new rpg <gasps> remake crisis core final fantasy that's 7. not a remake I've just realized it's not a remake. That's wrong, Zach. Square Enix's new RPG remake. It's a remaster. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion seems to contain artwork ripped from the Getty Images website. It's all a load of rubbish. They're all squoodles. I don't know how we bother and what's the difference. What, remaster and remake? Yes. There's a very clear difference, and Zach should know better, especially as he's titled this clearly, manipulatively, not using the full game name to try and trick people into thinking that the proper actual Final Fantasy VII remake is the one that's got the mistake in it. I see you, Zach. Do better. Be better. It's a remaster. 
Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion was released today and is a solid remastering slash remake. Shut up. Of a beloved Come on. PSP title. <laughs> you can't just put them both in there. But at least one painting in the new game contains a little something extra. A Getty Images watermark, implying that the in-game painting was created using an image preview taken directly from that service's website. In our review posted earlier today, we noted that the new remake is a faithful is a faithful <laughs> adaptation of the original pss, pss game, complete with flaws that come out uh, come about from being overly dedicated to being a perfect prequel. And like the original, or the fact that it's a remaster and has the same flaws as the original because yeah, it's a remaster. Be it. uh, and like the original, while the first half or so of the game is solid, the ending makes for a, quote, disappointing conclusion. Oh. I guess that's a quote from their own review. Yeah, It's a damn good-looking remake, nonetheless. <laughs> Stop, <laughs> Stop saying it. It's an apple slash oranges, Say and we all love it here. Say it more. However, we've noticed that the new visuals come with a new mistake in the form of a watermark left on at least three instances of an in-game painting. During chapter eight of the game, you'll enter a Shinra mansion, in this very nice-looking and opulent home, you'll find many fancy paintings hanging on the walls. Look closely, and you'll discover these are real paintings. Look a little closer, and further closer, uh, and you'll clearly see where Square Enix grabbed the art from. Hello there, Getty, it Love says it. as a caption to an image. Uh, Ashton, I don't know if you've seen this. No, I have not. Getty images. Oh, wow, yeah. So good. That's so, so I good. I love that. Um, Can't right believe the they middle. didn't remake them, huh? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, yup, that's a big old Getty Images watermark right in the middle of it. I was able to track down the exact painting that Square Enix grabbed using our own Getty account. It's a piece by artist John Crowther depicting Ludgate Circus in London in 1881. I'm curious, because they've used a lot of assets from the Final Fantasy VII remake. Mm. I'm curious whether this mm -hmm. painting is also in that, but no one's noticed it. Which one? The paint, the like, the, the original. No, no, the remake. Which the remake? actual Final Fantasy. Are we talking about this Final remake? Are we talking? No, no, okay. no. The actual Final Fantasy VII remake. Okay. I wonder if they've like this asset is also in there, Maybe. and none of us have spotted it before. Oh, possibly. Yeah. Could be. Kotaku reached out to Square Enix but didn't hear back before publication. It appears that whoever grabbed this image from Getty and possibly didn't pay to license it, as the watermark is still there, stretched it out and cropped most of its top to make it fit in the frame. And that isn't a one-off error. The resulting painting appears at least three times in this area of the game, complete with the Getty watermark. Whoops! This isn't the first time a big Square Enix RPG is shipped with a mistaken watermark included. Kingdom Hearts 3 also included a watermark during one cutscene. However, that was a blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment and not an easy-to-find painting that appears multiple times and can be seen clearly by anyone paying attention. If you want to see this mistake yourself, I'd go to the mansion sooner than later. As I imagine, they've missed out the word rather there. Uh, and I am, as I imagine, Square Enix will be patching it out shortly. That is weird. Could they get sued for that? Don't think if so. If they haven't got the rights to use it, I suppose the like, watermark's hmm. still on it. The, but... If uh, if they if there's evidence, if it can be proven, proven that they have used that without licensing it, then they could there could definitely be legal action about mm. that. But it's whether they they might actually have a Getty account. 
and um, just didn't. And for some reason, they weren't logged in. Or it in. was a placeholder and they forgot to. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sorry for getting true. so cross about remakes and remasters. Hey, it's okay. I just think it's very simple. And mm -hmm. you sh and I'm everyone makes mistakes, and that's fine. But he even said remaster in there, too. It just makes me cross. Yeah. They're different things. They're, just, they they're, they're different things. Yeah. It's different. So, Ashton. I have some news. It comes from podcast producer Gabrielle Philippink. Oh, thank you. On thank Facebook. You, um, Kotaku by John Walker. One of Steam's most popular games is about watching rubber duckies float. Placid oh. Plastic Duck Simulator has an incredible 98% positive review rating on Valve's storefront. Wow. Uh, seems like this is a sponsored article. Huh. Cheeky. John, hide that little we make commission from links on this page button, do you? Oh, oh. I saw it. Um, idle games are one of the most surprising breakout niches of the last few years. Although the genre's name is somewhat of a misnomer for the first while for the first while yes these games are typically anything but idle as you frantically click until you reach a point where you where the game starts to play itself now placid plastic duck simulator truly is an idle game you do absolutely nothing but watch some plastic ducks float in a pool and i'm here to tell you that's one of the most highly rated games on steam um as first reported by the excellent Game Discoverer Co. newsletter, PPDS is popularity on Steam isn't a sudden spike. It is, to be more reasonable, a succession of spikes since, since its original release in July this year. Since then, the barely interactive game has received over 3,500 overwhelmingly positive reviews on Steam, currently registering at the almost unheard of 98% positive ratings. And why? Why? Um... On one level, this is genuinely this genuinely is nothing other than watching rubber duckies floating in a blandly rendered backyard pool. At first, you have one yellow duck, but as an on-screen duckometer fills, new ducks fall from the sky. Duckometer. Yes, these come with their own designs, perhaps sporting a headband or a top hat and pipe, or they may be cleverly disguised as a sprinkled donut. This is what it looks like, by the way. Oh. It looks a lot like Super Rubber oh. Dub if people played that mm. back in the day. Was that the one with just the ones that bounce around the room? No, there was a I think like a PS3 launch game. Oh right, where you where you tilt your six-axis controller and you move rubber ducks around a little watery maze. You uh, have to collect all the ducks oh. and then get to the plug hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a very simple game on PC. I think it was just like an indie game where the room fills with ducks that just bounce all over the place. Nice. More and more over time. Um, your interaction is limited to awkwardly moving the camera around, pivoted on a selected ducky. The view, gen the view gently bobs up and down with the water, while serene background noises of birds chirping and wind blowing soundtrack, and wind blowing soundtrack the banality. Or you can turn the awful music on, which you shouldn't do. Um, and then they just talk about how it's got a day night cycle, and people really like it. That's a lot of words about the yeah. rubber duck game. Sponsored article. Yeah. yeah. Word count. Yeah. Weird. Ninety-eight percent. Ninety-eight percent. It says at the bottom that it is on. It's got the same review score as Half Life <laughs> and Stardew Valley. Brilliant. And isn't that what? Um, uh, is it Majora's Mask the most, uh, or is it um, Ocarina of Time? Is the most high, most highly rated game on Metacritic of all time mm -hmm. and it's 99% I think or 98%. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of GTAs. I think maybe GTA 4 is 98 or mm. something like ridiculous number but uh weird. 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 Huh. 
I've got some weird news that comes courtesy of at tired author Dan on Twitter. It's from thegamer.com, written by Rhiannon Bevan. And the headline is, after more than two years, this Mario 64 record has been broken with a drum kit. Fun. Oh. The Super Mario 64 speedrunner who plays with a drum kit has done it again, breaking the 20-minute barrier after two and a half years to practice. Yes. Streamer CZR, or CZR, performed the incredibly impressive feat live with his viewers, understandably over the moon to reach such a milestone in the wild speedrunning category. This comes just a few months after we covered CZR's previous record of 21 minutes and 9 sections, it says. <laughs> Come on. Now, <laughs> the world... And it's underlined because it's a hyperlink. Uh, now, the world record is 19 minutes and 40... Now, the world record is 19 minutes and 48 savings. What? Is this some very strange terminology in the speed? No, they've just used different... I don't know what's going on. Why is se- it's not Second, just the word sections right? hyperlinked? This, this it? comes. This comes. Just a few months after we covered CZR's previous yeah. record of twenty-one minutes and nine sections, now the world record is nineteen minutes and forty-eight savings. Savings. I don't know if I don't know what's happening. We're we being pranked. Are we being pranked? Is this a prank article? I don't know. I kind of want to read the rest of the article just in case. But no, there is now a world record. Um... When has there been the yeah, because of course it does. Playing normally is just too easy, I guess. Cool. <laughs> I, do, I mean, the the takeaway from that article for me is that potentially speedrunners have different ways of saying seconds, or someone has not proofread that article at all. If you want to make forty eight savings, head to uh, clubcard. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> that was very. Unexpected. Mm. That's yeah. completely thrown Pretty me off. Weird, huh? It's kind of blown my mind a bit. Uh, there we are. Perhaps you'd like a question from Robert Golding. I would. I was actually thinking. Clear your brain. Uh, not that you have that effect on people, Robert. I'm not <laughs> suggesting that. Jesus, uh, of my mind. Hi, Bap. First time question asker, but long time listener. Well, thank you, Robert. Mm. Um, thank you, th- Robert. There's been quite a bit of talk over the last few episodes about finding games difficult to either pick up. Uh, difficult to either pick up due to the amount of time to complete them or lack of free time to play games have any of you considered taking or have taken a break from playing video games or do you feel under pressure due to your work to keep playing which i could imagine creates additional pressure i know ben took a break from streaming and i've ser- and i have certainly in the past had long periods without playing games to refresh my enjoyment for them additionally have you considered different ways to play the Switch and Steam Deck are great examples of a more relaxed way to play, uh, particularly without having to use the TV to play. Much love, Rob Golding. Thanks, Rob. Thank, Thank you, you, Rob. It's a good question. Um, I definitely, I think I do feel a need to at least play something in a given week. I, I know occasionally we go, we have a what what we playing segment, and um, I know I'm not the only one who said I've. I've been away or I've been, I've just been too busy to play mm-hmm. anything this week. But generally, I feel like I've got to make sure I play at least one thing, even though I think I would actually benefit from taking a kind of a full, a full detox break from playing games and then kind of coming back to it and feeling like re-energized. Um, but yeah, I do feel like it's not something that I can really justify. Um, so, I mean, it's not... It's it's like it's a bit of a kind of a privileged problem to have. Like, oh, 
because my job involves playing games, I can't really not do it at home. Um, but yeah, putting that aside, I, I do think there's like a bit of a... I, I feel the need to make sure I'm at least playing something so I can talk about it on the podcast. Um, and uh, I don't mind streaming as much like because I feel like that tends to be something a bit more... I often play just like retro stuff or stuff that's just there for fun. Um, whereas... Again, I, I feel like ideally, if I can, I'd rather talk about something a bit more contemporary in what we play in. Um, I still do play a lot of old stuff um, and talk about that on the podcast. But where I can, I will try and like lean towards something that's come out a bit more recently. Whereas on stream, I know I can just play whatever I want. I know I can like play the same game again that I've played before if I want to. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how I feel about it, Ashton. Um, I don't really feel like pressured to play games not very often anyway most time of, of most times on the week i'll find myself just naturally playing games because that's what i do for fun and what i do to relax and i'm not as old as peter so maybe when i'm 30 i will feel the same as peter does yeah um, i should clarify that mine is about the um the lack of time rather yeah. than not wanting to yeah just to make that clear but also, I uh, I don't really do anything most of the time, apart from play games. There is the like occasional week where I just kind of want to sit and like watch TV or watch movies. I don't want to have to like actively engage my brain. Um, but then the Switch tends to come in handy because I'll pop a terrible Christmas Hallmark movie on and I'll just play a game on the Switch. Mm. Um, but I do tend to like not have to worry about oh i haven't played anything saying that though this week i did feel a bit like oh i haven't had a chance to play anything because i've been moving um so i did feel a little bit of that pressure to be like oh i quickly gotta like play mm. a little something before thursday to make sure i've got something to talk about but i wouldn't feel bad if i didn't have anything to talk about because sometimes life gets in the way you yeah. know yeah and that's fine um but most of the time, I've not really got to worry about it. And I've not really considered having to take time off of playing games. Obviously, like if it was becoming an issue where I had other stuff to do and I was like, I need to play an hour of game now, um, then, you know, maybe I would. But for the most part, I'm, I'm pretty chill about the whole thing. Pretty chill. So, yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it's it. Fun. Uh, to be clear, I haven't stopped streaming because I don't want to play games or I have no time to play games. It's because I just wasn't feeling streaming. It was it was the fact that I didn't want to stream. It wasn't that I didn't want to play games or didn't feel like I had the time to play games. Um, my general opinion on this, yes, there has been a lot of conversation about games getting bigger and being longer. Mm -hmm. And I suppose it's part of the nature of what we do for a living that we feel like we need to consume these games as fast as possible because... These games aren't necessarily designed for you to finish them in a week. You know, mm -hmm. people do play these games across months. And for some people, that's perfect because that's how they play games. That's never how I've played games. Even before I worked in games, I wanted to consume it all as fast as possible and then play the next new thing, the next big thing. And especially now that we do do this for a living, there is something of a pressure to always make sure that you're, you can't play everything, but at least to stay somewhat up to date with the biggest stuff. Um, and especially in the past sort of six months or so, it's been relentless. Mm. There's been something out, which is amazing because it just means there's loads to play. But it it, it does mean that I, I, I haven't been able to feel like I can really take my time to enjoy games as much as I would like to because A, they're really big and they take a lot of time to finish. And B, 
there's always something on the horizon that's just about to come out yeah. uh, that will need to be played next. And no one's forcing us to do it, but it's certainly, at least it's the mindset that I have that I would then want to play these new games as soon as they come out. And it is partially my fault because I know that there are plenty of smaller experiences that are really, really good, mm. but those games aren't really what I want to play necessarily. Unfortunately, I'm attracted to the big budget, crazy over the top video games and they just happen to be getting bigger and to be getting larger. There's a lot of them coming out next year as well, like early next year. February is rammed full of games. For the first three three or four months, there's yeah, there are multiple games where I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm just going to have to change my evening routine so I can play these. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. So so for me, it's not necessarily about uh, taking a break or, or even shaking up how I even play games. It's just, it's just busyness in life and uh, the games that I want to play taking up more and more of the time that I have available to play games. Uh, you know, we don't, outside of streaming, it's very and and recording videos it's very rare that we're we, we don't sit at our desks and, and play no. video games that's like a tiny 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 portion of what we actually do day to day um it's still an incredible privilege as peter says to be able to do that but it's not like we're able to make up for lost time you know peter's got to talk about god of war this week on the podcast so he's just going to get a few hours in on a tuesday yeah, after just like in the can't. office at my desk that's so. not how it works no. that it doesn't everything that we talk about that we've been playing it has been in our own time. Apart from launch title games in which we'll sit next to Ben shouting yeah. at his Nintendo. Oh my God, the Nintendo uh, I was losing my mind. Yeah, I do play. I do play Blowing directly office, into something but, uh, and we can just hear him going. <laughs> oh, it's rubbish, man. I hate blowing into microphones. It's, it's dis- <laughs> it feels disgusting. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are one of the few examples. As I said, when we're making a video. That's we'll the often, capture footage yeah. as much as anything. Yeah, it's, you know, it's for footage capture. Be able capture, to write really. a script. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just, I would, I would love to I would love to be able to play everything. And Peter and I know a few people who do play mm. everything. And we just don't know how they can find the time. No. It's it's unbelievable. But we're a small team. We try to cover as much as we can. And so we do, you know, play as many things as, as we can find the time to do. I really enjoyed playing uh, Pokemon on my Switch in bed the past sort of months or a month or so. Um, but unfortunately... There aren't that many games on Switch that necessarily appeal to me or that I would like to dedicate my time to playing. Uh, Those games are on the consoles in the living room that I have to sit on the sofa and sink dozens of hours into. Mm -hmm. So it's my fault as much as anything else, but I don't feel like I can can really necessarily change anything up to fix that. It's Mm. just the way, it's just the way it is. It's definitely more the new game releases that I feel more pressure to play than just the everyday, like, podcast what we play in section simply because it's like we want to make sure that we have stuff to tell you because mm. we often get a lot of yeah. questions about like have you played this game what do you think because uh it's that weird thing of people relying on our not everyone does don't get me wrong <laughs> relying on our opinion of a game mm. to see if they want to give it a go if they want to spend their money on it so there's that whole thing of being like well i haven't tried it yet um but i will i promise and also running in our kind of online spheres it's really hard to avoid spoilers about yeah, things. Yeah, that as well. So it's like you have to really either actively like avoid spoilers by muting things or just try and play the game as quick as you can before it gets spoiled. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I love games. I don't want to stop yeah, playing games. Do. I don't want to take a detox. I don't want to stop 
I don't want to adjust. I can't really adjust just anything. Time to stop for a few weeks. If so we could I can just catch yeah, up. if we could just freeze time so I could play all the games, that'd be great. I'm yeah. not complaining because I'm well, I'm not complaining at all, and it's not. Yeah, you want the publishers to stop just for a couple yeah, exactly. Of rather than you I don't want people to think that necessarily that we're we're complaining about you know the length of of games as such. It's just that it's just more a a voicing of frustration that there's there's not enough time in the day to play them, and mm. God knows I want to. I really wish that I had the time that I had say 10 years ago yeah. when I was at university and I was just sat on my ass for like 14, 15 hours just playing games nonstop. I would kill to have that back, mm. but it's just not realistic anymore. Uh, well, so fitting it January in is harder. Well, January is quite quiet, so in terms of game releases. Fingers so maybe crossed. that's when we'll all, we'll all ca- I haven't played we'll Gotham Knights yet. And I yeah, I want to play, play, yeah. play Gotham Knights as well. There's so much to do. I want to play Gotham Knights too. Maybe go back to Plague Tale. <laughs> No, I'm not no, going to Resident, Is Resident Evil 4 out in January or February? February. February, okay. We've got time. We've got time, time, everyone. Yeah. Hey, we're, we're getting older. Yeah. It's just more things to do, unfortunately. So Let's move on to something rather large. It's called... The Big, the big discussion. discussion. It's Big Discussion time. Time for the big video game discussion this week, coming courtesy of Cameron Keywood, who says, Hello, BAP. Future Xbox Series X slash S first party games such as Starfield are now going to cost $70. With these titles also coming to Game Pass day and date, are Microsoft doing this to attract more people to Game Pass? Or is it, as said in the statement, the price reflects the content scale and technical complexity of these titles? What do you think, Peter? I, I don't know if it's it's that like complicated i don't th- i don't think it's that there's you know they're sort of secretly trying to push well i don't know actually now that i think about it i suppose that is a, a pretty big incentive you know if you know that like it's going to cost me 70 bucks a time like whereas if i just get game pass then it's there for me mm-hmm. maybe that is the intention but it also wouldn't surprise me if the price is just reflecting the content scale and technical complexity of these titles now Again, it's it kind of comes down to like one game to the next, whether you can justify a $70 price tag for the size and scale of something. Because it's very easy to say, this is a mainstream AAA game, therefore it, it's cost a lot of money to make and we're going to charge $70 for it. But actually some of them, some of the mainstream like big hitters aren't necessarily going to be like giant games comp- when you make, you know, comparisons like Starfield. Um a lot of them will be, but not all of them will. So it's it'll be interesting to see how many of those games end up being uh, priced at seventy dollars, and how that is justified with you know ones of slightly different uh, different scales. Like it's it's more nuanced than that. However, I do think that if you think about something like Starfield, which allegedly has a thousand planets, well, thousand planets. not allegedly, it does have a thousand planets. Todd said. But, but the question it. is how how detailed are those planets? How much work has gone into each one of those planets? You can kind of understand where you, you can kind of I, I can see where seventy dollars might come from uh, with a game like Starfield. I imagine a, an awful lot of money has gone into developing that game, um, but. We won't really know until we sit down and play it and see mm. how mm. kind of in-depth and detailed these planets are and what there is to do within the game in terms of gameplay mechanics and stuff. So I think it will be that that will be a good benchmark to see, okay, this new game has come out. Let's see just how big it is and let's try and do the mental gymnastics to work out does $70 justify or does an increase in price? Uh, is that justified by the size and scale of this game? I don't know. Um, but I do think 
it is going to be incentive to to draw people towards Game Pass because it just makes more financial sense. If you're playing enough games day to day or week to week, then it it just makes more sense to do that. Whether it's like a an you know Microsoft actively intentionally saying let's up our prices on the shelf to make people go to Game Pass, I don't know. But uh, certainly it will be something that does draw them to Game Pass, perhaps organically or perhaps intentionally. Mm. We've talked about um, Game Pass and its profits a lot. And we've also talked about the rise in price of games a lot. But I do think that, like Peter says, the size of a game, you know, how do we work out what constitutes $70 price tag? But when you think about it, I'm going to talk about Sony now. Having played Horizon Forbidden West, I put like 80 hours into that game and I paid 70 pounds for it. So in my in my head, I'm like, hey, less than a pound an hour. Brilliant. Good, yeah. good for me. Cheaper than you hating. Uh, cheaper than my hating. Um, but I do think that, uh, I don't think it's a conscious effort to charge $70 and then put it on Game Pass. I think it's a, look, we're putting it on Game Pass. If you haven't already got it, hey, why not try it now? Because this big game that everyone's very excited for and has been excited for for a while is coming to our very good platform and you should definitely join it. Um, It does, I think, undermine itself a little bit in terms of how they can justify charging $70 for it and then also give it away for the low, low price of £10 a month. Um, so I do think that maybe it undermines themselves a little bit, but I don't think the general consumer is going to worry about that. I think they're just going to be excited that it's coming to Game Pass or they're just going to buy it. Mm. Um, so I don't think it's a conscious effort to be like, if we do this, more people will go to Game Pass. And I don't think it's going to reflect the game itself that they're putting it on Game Pass because they've put a lot of their big titles recently on there. And I just think it makes, you know, from the track record that they've had in terms of games going on Game Pass, I think it makes logical sense that Starfield would go on Game Pass given their track record. But I do think it is surprising that it's going on Game Pass day one, that they're not even giving it a bit of a delay to sell copies of the game for $70 and then put it on Game Pass like two months later. Mm. Um, I think that's a kind of crazy decision. But I guess, you know, we don't know anything about the the profits of Game Pass, but they must they must be that they make a lot of money from Game Pass that they know they can justify potentially not selling as many copies of Starfield for $70 via putting it on, um, on Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So there must be something going on behind the scenes that justifies them putting this ginormous 1,000 planet game on Game Pass. If there's more than a thousand planets, I'm going to be really cross. If there's even yeah. 999, I'm asking for my money back. Seventy with Microsoft now adopting this approach, seventy dollars will be pretty much the industry going rate for yeah. next gen games. You've already got Sony. I think 2K have committed to it as well, and mm-hmm. now with Microsoft as well, that's just going to be the accepted price going forwards. People can complain about it. Understandably, $70 is a lot of money. Uh, 69.99 pounds, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is what they, you know, what, what, what most people will be charging, unfortunately. I think that the bonus of incentivizing people to, or the, the incentivization of getting people onto Game Pass because it costs now even more to buy the game, that is probably as much a calculated decision as it is a byproduct of 
just wanting to recoup as much cost as possible for the people that do still want a physical copy, that do want to own it themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think this new approach particularly applies with franchises and publishers and developers that Activision currently own and potentially might eventually own if it goes through that publish on other platforms as well. Uh, because if you're able to charge PlayStation users $70 for the new Call of Duty and it's on Game Pass for free, not only are you going to make an absolute mint, more so than you would have done if you were charging the previous standard price, uh, but you, there's also, yeah, the, the the bonus of, hey, you can play it for free over here. You mm. know that, right? You, well, not free, but you can pay it as part of the subscription service, you know. Um, so I think I think it makes total sense, them, them putting the price up. But I do think that it's just as much about incentivizing Game Pass as it is just trying to make some more money off mm -hmm. the cost of the game. Um, but as you say, Ashton, if it's day one, then they're not going to get much of an opportunity to charge people that price. And if it's exclusive, even less of a chance. Mm. Uh, so I think this is just, its I don't think there's necessarily much we can read into the fact that they're starting with Starfield. I think it's just, it begins with, let's just start with Starfield. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think there's any it's right the or reason for it. It's the next big Microsoft title that's coming out. Yeah. They've got obviously um, third-party games coming out, but it's the next big Xbox Microsoft release that's coming into our um pockets this year so next it makes year. it next year. next year so i guess it makes sense yeah. that this is the first one to do that and i like the majority of people around the world cannot wait to play it for 10 pounds mm. yeah. Uh, yeah i will i very much look forward to that but uh, yeah 70 bucks that's that's where that's where the price is at now uh, when Nintendo get their new console out. I mean, Nintendo games stay at full price for months, yeah, they months never years and years anyway. Uh, so when they go up, that's going to that's gonna sting a well, bit. Well, when they release the new console, maybe all these games might actually start going down in price a little bit. So maybe the average person might be able to afford maybe more than one Switch game in one purchase. There wouldn't be like... Whoa. You want Pokemon Soul Silver or Heart Gold on DS, it's still like 40 quid. That's true. Um, that's secondhand, and I think because I had a Pokewalker, but I was talking to Editor Kieran about it the other day, and it still mm. still costs a fortune, like like most exclusive Madness. Switch games. But uh, yeah. It does... Uh, the one good thing is, you know, I'm going into Starfield feeling a bit cynical, but uh, oh, really... Well, we'll see when we'll we see Todd. Todd. Come on, Todd. Yeah. And at least if you go into it feeling like you've only paid $10 for it, or, I mean, not even for it alone, but, you know, everything else you played on Game Pass that month, then if it does turn out to only have 999 planets or it's otherwise rubbish, then you don't feel like, can't believe I sunk $70 onto mm -hmm. this thing. I know that's also why things like reviews exist and so on and so forth. But, yeah, it's it's nice to at least feel like you're not, spending that much money on one thing that you might not end up liking very much. Mm -hmm. um, you can just sort of give it a go on Game Pass and see whether it's worth spending some time on. Yep, absolutely. And then, it, you know, when when talking about the $70 price tag, it, it it's a conversation we've had before, but it all comes down to the value proposition, I suppose. What do you value most? Mm -hmm. Is it the fact that it costs a lot of money to make because games are costing more and more and more to make? Uh, is it the fact that it goes on for dozens and dozens and dozens of hours? Mm -hmm. Is it the fact that you're going to really enjoy it? It's difficult to quantify, but regardless, $70 is a lot and games were, games are already an expensive hobby. So anyone choosing to buy it on Xbox over playing it on Game Pass has got to have a pretty good reason. Um, 
and I would be interested in hearing it, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, so let's know in the comments if you're going to buy it on disc if for you're seventy buy it. dollars. Yeah, let and us why. know. Yeah. In fact, that might be why they're starting with Starfield because it's not going to really affect anyone because everyone's going to be getting it on Game Pass. And then that was the blow that was, you know, if they, let me put it another way. If they started the $70 trend with a game that was on multiple platforms, mm. that it was, you know, hey, PlayStation, you're going to have to pay $70 to to play Minecraft 2. Yeah. Uh, so sorry about that. Uh, but it was, you know, on Game Pass as part of the subscription. That would probably sting a little more as the mm. first it's still going to make headlines the first game that's on other platforms from microsoft that costs 70 dollars. but i feel like potentially there's a tactical move mm. that by doing it with starfield that very few people are actually going to spend the 70 dollars on perhaps it makes it less of a story people become aware the price is 70 dollars. Yeah, it's going up very few people but it's not going to affect spend, you yeah. yeah it could be it's that boil. don't know don't know for sure but either way let us know if you're buying it. Mm. I would be fascinated to know why. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everybody. You can let us know what you thought of everything we discussed in the comments below and various other places around the internet that Peter's going to tell you right now. YouTube.com forward slash Team Triple Jump is where all our videos are and YouTube and Twitch.tv forward slash Team Triple Jump for our live streams. We stream on both. And when we're streaming on both, we're modded by Lord Rotovich, Trowling Badger and Mr. Black. Uh, if you've got Amazon Prime, part of the bundle is a Twitch sub. It's not an extra cost or anything like that. It's just in there if you've got it already. So spend that on us if you like. You get all the usual benefits and so do we. So it's great. Twitter.com and Facebook.com forward slash Team Triple Jump for video and live stream announcements, legacy video content, um, Twitch stream highlights of the week, bits of news, all sorts of things posted largely by Fraser, who looks after our social media for us. And also a little bit of Ashton Matthews as well. Mm, um, Ashton Matthews is also over on TikTok.com forward slash at Team Triple Jump, where she's ticking and or talking at various intervals. Um, and patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. You can go over there and see all of our different tiers with all of our different rewards. There are loads of them from as as little as $1 a month uh, and up to a lot more for many, many nice prizes and treats. Yes, that's Prizes it. is not the worst. <laughs> prizes. <laughs> rewards. Um, we have a website. It's triple map triple J-U.mp. Spells jumps. Very clever. If you want to go to our Discord and chat with our wonderful community, go triplejeff.map forward slash Discord. On Discord, we're modded by Jack, Joe, Tori, and Hollowies. And if they tell you to do something, bloody well do it, all right? What? If you want to listen to the podcast in its audio forms, maybe it's your Christmas party this weekend, and you said, how can I bring the vibes? This podcast. Why not go to triplejeff.map forward slash podcast? And to check out one of any of our live stream VODs, go to triplejeff.map forward slash VODs. To get a cameo from any of us or James Jenkins, <laughs> why not go to triplejeff.map forward slash cameo? And last but not least, if you want to buy some merch, why not go to triplejumpshop.com? It might still arrive before Christmas if you order it now. It's getting less Maybe. and less likely. Less and less likely. I think this one might still be available. Wildcard t-shirt. That one's not available, but that is our merch. Uh, I'm not wearing merch underneath, so I'm not going to pull my top up. Um, <laughs> but you can go to triplejumpshop.com to check out the latest merch and make sure you're following at triplejumpshop on Twitter for the latest merch announcements. And if you happen to get a Christmas present, which includes some of our merch, why not tag us and at triplejumpshop in it on Twitter and we'll give mm. it a cheeky like and say you look nice. Yeah. Uh, Unless get, you don't. Yeah. Unless you don't. But we'll, you will. Then we'll tell you that you don't. Yeah. No, we won't. Uh, bauble. 
Get the bubble. Yes, the bubble is available. available. Billy bubble, go get one right mm. now. It might not arrive in time for Christmas now, but uh, you, you can, can still get, get one. Next year. People have uh, been getting their bubbles this week. Oh, and, excellent. Uh, they've been very impressed by them. So. Oh. Glad actually you people keep their decorations up until like the 5th or the 6th of January That's so true. maybe it would arrive in time maybe for the last day of your tree yeah, or something maybe what a treat for, it your for next tree. year why not follow Peter and Ashton on Instagram and Twitter and Hive at that Peter Austin and at Scrambled Ashton and myself just on Twitter at Confused underscore Dude. We do lists every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Streams every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Thursday being the joint stream. On YouTube. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday being solo streams on Twitch. Worst Games Ever is fortnightly. Friday for patrons of a certain tier. Sunday for everyone else. The podcast is every Saturday and we do shows all the bloody time. Come check them out. Why not leave a five-star review on your platform of choice? That could be your Christmas present to us. Yes. It's free. Mm. Thank you so much. We'd really appreciate it. It helps to do uh, something to do with Al Gore's rhythms, I believe. Yeah. Something like that, anyway. Uh, all sorts of stuff out this week. Loads. Loads. The Tat Appeal video is now is out now. It mm -hmm. came out yesterday at time of release. Yep. So check that one out. It's long. How long is it looking, Peter? Uh, I've still got a tiny bit left to cut today, but it's already... Five hours long. Cool. Um, how long was last year's in the end? Uh, and a half hours. Yeah, about All right, so it's already longer than last year's. I think it's going to settle at maybe just under six. Goodness five me. Five and a half hours, something like that. Get ready, everyone. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's out now. Yes, it is. Check that out on the channel. It's also, Peter, a mm. Weirdest Games Ever week. It is, and it's a Christmassy one. How wonderful. How wonderful. Um, so you can watch Ashton sort of well i was gonna say struggle through not that it was difficult but it's a it's a sensory overload yeah um through christmas nights into dreams mm. it's nights into dreams but the christmasy special version yes yeah, so. i was also quite sick when we filmed it and on some flu meds and i watched it back the other day and i basically just disassociate for like the whole video um <laughs> you just look so, at the colors <laughs> just yeah. look at the colors having a great into jingle bells on loop yeah it's a good one though mm. yeah very weird uh, and finally, go check out the sponsored streams that we've been doing for Splatoon 3. Thank you to everyone for watching. Thank you to Nintendo for sponsoring yeah. us. Ashton, you've done a couple of streams on it. Yeah, too. Peter and I are going to stream it next week as well. Do mm. some uh, some Splatoon in the final joint stream of the year. It will just be Peter and myself. Uh, and uh, yeah, go check out the VODs on the VODs channel for the ones that are already out. Mm -hmm. That's all. Thank you for That's listening. All. Peter, can you read the ad, please? I can. Uh, I also thought when we came to this podcast that this was our last one before Christmas, which yeah. is why it's such a Christmasy themed uh, sponsor. But nevertheless, it's Christmas month. It is Christmas month, Christmas and there might be month. an even Christmasier one next month. Christmas, it's Christmas fortnight. Week, you know perhaps. what they say: after November comes Christmas month. Christmas month. Then Christmas. Christmas. Merry Christmas. We're sponsored this week by uh, Xbox Slurries. Slurry. Why do I say that every time? That's very strange. I like it. The Xbox Slurries. Uh, X slash Merce. Xmas. 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 Mm. Brilliant. Xma. Xbox Xma. Xma. Uh, thank you for watching, everybody. You look after yourselves. We'll check back in with you on Christmas Eve. I hope all of you are ready to listen on Christmas Eve <laughs> while you're doing cooking prep and stuff for yeah. the big day. Mm. Uh, presents, maybe, if you're leaving it that last, late. <laughs> Rushing down to the 24-hour garage to buy some... Parsnips. Yeah. Parsnips. They sell them at the garage. Yeah. 
Is the uh, question post already live? For it the went out on Thursday. So okay. It should already be live. You've got Submit until your questions. Tuesday morning slash Monday evening. We're recording early next week because yes. obviously we're not we're not about for... Well, we are about for most of the week, but uh, we're recording earlier in the week. So you can submit your Christmas gaming questions right now. Mm-hmm. Go do it at patreon.com forward slash team triple jump. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.